Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Coach the Coach Radio. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, the no-cost business development strategy for coaches who want to spend more time serving local business clients and less time selling them. Go to brxambassador.com to learn more. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach the Coach Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today on the show, we have Thane Ringler with Thane Marcus. Welcome, Thane. Thanks so much for having me, Lee. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us about your practice. How are you serving folks? Yeah, so my practice is aimed around creating and fostering high-performing individuals and teams, uh, unlocking their full potential. Uh, and we do this through self-awareness, self-leadership, uh, team communication, um, and putting some objective data to the work itself uh, through partnering with Giant Worldwide. So it's been a fun journey. Um, a lot of my practice stems from my background in golf, and so uh, a lot of it deals with the mindset and what goes into performing at your best uh, and starting internally. Now, having been a professional athlete, can you maybe relate to the listener how you've seen people maybe your peers, some of which have all the talent in the world, maybe some of them have more talent, but at key moments didn't perform. Like the Mm -hmm. mindset was kind of the thing in your mind that kind of kept these people from being as good as they can be. Yeah, it definitely is one of the biggest contributing factors. Now at the top tier, really golf itself comes down, I'd say 90 to 95% in your mind, in your head. The body has done the reps. It's put in the practice. At that point, it's really up to your mind being optimized to produce the best thoughts that will then produce the best shots with your body. Uh, and, and this is really true in life too. Like you're, like you pointed out, you know, it's, there's always uh, a matter of chance that we can't eliminate. And so, just because you've optimized your mind doesn't mean success will immediately follow. uh, But it gives you the best chance of success. It gives you the best chance to capitalize on those opportunities. You know, in golf, the margin for error is so small. um, And a lot of times it can be one stroke, the difference between success and failure, uh, making it onto the PGA tour or not uh, winning the tournament or getting second. There's a lot of um, things riding on one stroke itself. And within a golf tournament, there's four rounds of 18 holes with on average 70 strokes around. So it's a lot of reps that can come down to one stroke, which means that you must be focused. Uh, you must be, uh, controlling your thoughts and working on eliminating distractions and the things that get in the way from you performing your best. And really that translates to life, especially today. There's so much noise in our world. Uh, There's so many things that are vying for our attention and our energy. And if we don't do a good job of controlling where we put our focus and making sure that we're focused on keeping the main things, the main things, uh, we're going to be really limiting our ability to bring our greatest gifts and what the world needs from us uh, to those around us that we want to serve. Now, one of the challenges I think uh, regular folks have when they try to maybe model after professional athletes, a professional athlete typically has a season and they're trying to achieve peak performance during certain dates. They probably have marked on a calendar 
ahead of time where the leader of a organization may not have that kind of a structured world where they have certain dates. Maybe if they're a public company and they have earnings and things like that, but a typical entrepreneur may not have a calendar they can go to ahead of time and say, oh, on August 3rd, I better be at my best because that's when, you know, it all goes down. Like I don't have a mm-hmm. Super Bowl that I'm aiming at um, every year. And maybe I should. Maybe that's why I'm not succeeding as much as I am. But uh, I think there's a benefit from having a structure and there's a it's a it's more of a challenge when you don't have that kind of a season or a structure mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I think that's a really insightful point, Lee. I appreciate you bringing that up. And I definitely agree. You know, I think as a professional athlete, my expectation and really what I aimed for was 95% plus optimized, right? Like my life was my performance. As a normal human, that's just selfish. That's not reality. You can't do that, right? Like that, that is not a way to live. Uh, I think on a, as a normal human, if I'm 80% optimized now, then I'm doing pretty good, you know, and I, I'd say that's a good um, aim to have uh, in in how you perform individually, because that that means it's, it's more realistic, it's attainable, and it's fitting uh, what role we're playing in society. But I, I think what you mentioned, too, alongside that with with having these definite goal posts that we're, we're aiming towards, and that we're we're optimizing ourselves for it can be done in a business setting. Like you said, right. There can be quarterly reviews. There can be year end, um, you know, summaries and statements that, especially if you're a public company, right. The filing. And um, there's a lot of things that you can create that are already in place as benchmarks. But beyond that, I think any good leader or manager will have clear and defined objectives for their team, for the individuals on their team with uh, ways that they can measure up their performance against what the goals were. So they can start seeing some objective feedback of how they're doing uh, and then reevaluate from that point. And so it's attainable for everyone. Um, It may be uh, less optimized, right? As a normal human versus a professional athlete. And I think that's uh, for good reason. And, but I think what you're speaking to as well is the nature of seasons in life and the nature of momentum and rhythm in life, which I think are really important concepts, especially uh, it's this idea of rhythms of high performance, that high performance doesn't always um, entail being maxed out, um, running in the red or operating at your 100% best. It means that you're recognizing where you're at in that ebb and flow of life and the momentum that each season has so that we can adjust our aim and our focus and our perspective accordingly. Similarly on the golf course, if I am in a slump, if I'm playing poorly and I've been playing poorly for some tournaments, my aim and focus on the golf course while I'm competing in that round will be different than if I've been playing really well and everything is synced up. And so it requires a different uh, intention for my round, because I know that it's going to be a battle and that I need to be conservative so that I can perform my best, even when I don't have my best. Um, And if we aren't aware, if we don't recognize when we don't have our best, then we can't make the adjustments needed. Now, do you find that folks sometimes spend too much energy or put too much pressure on the outcome they desire rather than just getting the process and the systems right and trusting the outcomes are going to come over time if I just focus in on what I can control rather than 
you know, the environment, the circumstance, my competitors, things like that. If I just get do my job well, then I'm going to win in the long term. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, I think uh, all of us as humans fall into this. And not only that, but our society is really geared around it, especially in the West. You know, we're very much an achievement based culture and achievements are based on outcomes, right? (laughs) Achievements come uh, strictly from outcomes themselves, not necessarily from certain efforts, but what, what we're wired to care about most are those outcomes and we're rewarded or incentivized for those outcomes as well. So it really does take an intentional retraining or rewiring of our, our brains and of our thought process of knowing, no, you know what? I really am going to trust the long pro the process here. I'm going to play the long game. I'm going to really focus on developing the systems needed. And, you know, I think some of the fuel of that is even just startup culture in general. I think the the nature of the last decade or two in the startup world has been um, scale as fast and at all costs as possible so that you can then exit with a really nice um, a really nice number behind your name. And, and that game doesn't produce the best for you or the best for society. Um, and, and I think it's unhealthy for, for your normal person, uh, like most of us, that, that then starts thinking, okay, well, I need to figure out how to achieve this monumental outcome versus how can I just improve 1% of my process today? Well, um, and, and that thing, go ahead. Well, I think that when you're so outcome focused, then the means justify the ends. So then when that's the case, then you're doing whatever you can to achieve that outcome, whether that's the right thing. And you you might lose kind of your true north or the big why of why you're even doing this in Mm -hmm. the first place. You're focusing on numbers that maybe look good and seem good in the room, but they might be you might be doing behaviors that are unhealthy to get to that point and which isn't Mm -hmm. helping anybody. Yeah, 100 percent. You know, I think. Uh, a quote that I, I believe is Bill Gates, but I'm sure many other have been attributed to it is that we all uh, overestimate what can be done in one year and underestimate what can be accomplished in 10. Um, and that, again, speaks to, I think, this uh, propensity we have for short term reward, uh, short term gain or satisfaction at the cost of the delayed reward and delayed gain that can come uh, that's much more sustainable and helpful for others, but especially for ourselves. Now, um, how do people engage with you? Is it typically individuals that are looking for coaching that they want to uh, become high performers or they're already high performers and want to be higher performers? Are they organizations? Are they enterprises that hire you and a team to come in and work with like the entire sales team? Like what, what is kind of your deliverable to your clients? Yeah, in the in the past, it's been primarily individuals and that can be freelancers, entrepreneurs, business owners, um, employees, even um, in the most recent in the last year. Or so I've transitioned to working with teams and organizations as well uh, with giant. There's a technology and a platform we use that have tools and resources that make that work uh, simple, sustainable and scalable. It can really reach a lot more people within the organization. And, and my heart has really always been um, to reach people kind of in the middle tier of society, because there's so many people out there that are settling for status quo or are defaulting to what they're told to do versus what they're capable of doing. Uh, There's a lot more high performers out there that aren't unlocked yet is what I'm getting at. And so my, 
my heart really calls to those people. And, and by working with organizations, I get to reach those people more readily. Um, and so that's really my focus now uh, is with the teams and with organizations uh, full of people that um, are operating at a certain level, but have a much higher capacity that they can reach to, especially through understanding themselves better, uh, understanding how they're wired and then tapping into it and designing really the way they work based on their personality and the way that they're uh, best suited to bring uh, results to the world. Now, on this show, one of the reasons we're doing this show is to help other coaches learn from each other. Can you share with our listeners how you were able to uh, partner with a company like Giant? Because a lot of coaches out there would love to have the opportunity to partner with a big enterprise like that to really work together and maybe take their game up a notch and really serve uh, that larger enterprise and their people. How did that relationship develop? And then how did you kind of... um, managed to convince them that you were the right partner for them? Yeah, it's a good question. And and I'm glad you asked it there. You know, like, like many people listening, I'm sure I, I know that it's a hard journey, especially in this space. There's a lot of people doing this work and it's a type of service and work that isn't um, necessarily uh, an easy sell, right? People aren't um, automatically thinking their greatest need is to have a coach or consultant come in and assist them or give them feedback or help them grow. Uh, and so it's a harder thing. It's a harder business to run a lot of times. And uh, and so for me as an individual, it, it was me wearing all the hats in my business. And um, it was challenging and lonely a lot of times in doing so. Uh, in finding Giant, you know, it was a really great process because after talking to probably half a dozen people within their organization, I just knew that uh, their language, their heart posture, and a lot of their systems they developed were so parallel to what I'd already been doing that that it was a really seamless um, transition and a great fit for me personally. Uh, but beyond that, just understanding that having teammates, having people that are doing the same work alongside you that you can collaborate with, that you can bounce ideas off of, and that you can work together on larger engagements has been such a breath of fresh air and and really giant is a company that that wants more coaches and consultants to be a part of them they've developed again some great technology uh that i don't have on my own and a lot of coaches don't either and it it really uh, allows you to serve the client exceptionally well and focus on delivering and facilitating um with your unique gifts alongside the material they already have. And, um, and so it's a great fit for other coaches out there who are looking to get involved. Um, you know, the best, the thing I would recommend is just visiting. If you go to a giant dot TV slash Thane, that's my, my first name, T H A N E. Uh, you can get uh, set up with a 30 day free trial of their platform and just taste and see some of their materials and their content uh, to get a feel. And if it's something that resonates with you, I would definitely recommend reaching out. Um, they've got a great supportive staff that would love nothing more than to, to serve you in your business. Um, so I, I've really been blessed by joining forces with them and, and definitely would highly recommend. So now how did you identify them as being a good partner for you? How did they, how did you convince them to um, work with you? Yeah. So, I I mean, really, they look for people who are committed to unlocking the potential of others and who are serving a heart of service in their work. Um, So really, at the end of the day, if if you're a coach or consultant that's aiming to do intentional work uh, with your clients, 
um, you're going to be a good fit. So uh, there's not a huge, um, there's not a huge barrier to entry for them. Uh, They really want to make sure that the heart alignment's there. And then going through their certifications and programs uh, definitely takes some time. Uh, But once you are able to get certified and trained, um, they are 100% supportive um, of your practice and want to do what they can to support you and, and grow, which has been really cool. So um, a lot of it comes down to heart alignment, uh, having conversations with them, um, seeing if it's a good fit for both parties and and then moving forward together. Now, in your practice, uh, when you're working with people, can you share a story about maybe the challenge they had? Obviously, don't name their name or their organization, but explain maybe their backstory. What was their challenge how they found you, why they partnered with you, you started working with them, and then you were able to take them to a new level, maybe one that they didn't even anticipate as being possible. Yeah, definitely. You know, recently, one of my clients, um, we, we had been working together for probably four to five months up to this point. Um, and he's working on growing his team. Um, but in the midst of that, you know, as you start out, you kind of add this piece and that piece. And really, there's some dysfunction. There's um, a lack of communication. There's a lack of clear expectations. And, and there's a lack of alignment as these kind of adjunct pieces all start forming a team. But there really never was a formalized team uh, in the first place or communicated up front. And so what we were able to do is we went actually through an organizational clarity uh, workshop, a couple a couple day uh, workshop, just to really get clear about, because it's so common a lot of times, right? We start businesses, we have success, we see holes or gaps we need to fill in. And then we go through the process of finding people that can do that. But But if we aren't intentional with really creating uh, a structure, a vision, uh, mission, and the values for our business and our organization, then there'll never be true alignment with the people that are part of the team because it has been clearly communicated. So establishing those clear um, values, uh, vision, and mission for the organization was a really important step just for his team being on the same page. And for these recurring, there's a lot of recurring issues, especially with uh, certain employees or, or par- partners in his business um, that were remedied through this process of just establishing clarity on what the heart posture is. Cause then we can come back, like you said earlier, have that North star, that why for the business that you can unite around it. It makes it less personal. It makes it much more objective and clear, and you can get on the same page much faster without it being as confrontational or as an emotional conversation as those often are. Uh, so that was really a, a great win for them and the team as they've been growing and adding on pieces, making sure that they're all functioning together as a unit. Well, if there's anyone out there that wants to learn more, have a more substantive conversation with you or somebody on your team, what is the best website? Yeah, thanemarcus.com is my headquarters uh, for my business and all that I do. Um, That's a great place to go, see some of the services offered. Um, You can read or listen to some other things I've done there um, and reach out. There's an email there you'll find. Uh, You can also, like I said, however, giant.tv slash Thane, and that's a great place to check out the platform. And alongside that, one last thing I'd recommend is with Giant, there's a personality assessment called the Five Voices. Uh, It's a great tool um, based off Myers-Briggs technology um, and research. Uh, It's a great tool for understanding yourself, knowing more about um, how you're wired and how that communicates and relates to others. It's really been helpful uh, for me and my business and my family and then with my clients as well. But you can take that for free by going to giant.tv slash 
five voices. That's the number five and then voices slash Thane. Uh, and that's about a 10, 15 minute assessment. So if you want some immediate value, that's a great place to start. And that website again is Thane Marcus, T-H-A-N-E-M-A-R-C-U-S.com. Thane, thank, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thanks, Lee. I really appreciate you having me on and, and you're doing great work here as well. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio. Yeah.